welcome to episode 317 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Thursday, 22nd of December, 2022. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn are committed to building bikes that are useful enough to ride every day and dependable enough to carry the people you love. In other words, they make the kind of bikes that they want to ride. Turn has e-bikes for every type of rider, whether you're commuting, taking your kids to school, or even carrying another adult. Visit www.turnbicycles.com, that's T-E-R-N, bicycles.com, to learn more. In the previous episode, I had a coffee and a cycle-related chat in the new Eroica Cafe in downtown Milan. I'm Carlton Reed, and apologies for my croaky voice. I was at a Newcastle United match last night and may have shouted a wee bit. Anyway, the visit to Milan was a research trip to visit Porto Nueva, a formerly neglected part of the city, but which has been transformed by urban developers such as Coima. The most famous part of this regeneration project is Coima-commissioned Bosca Verticale, or Vertical Forest, two high-rise apartment buildings covered in trees and plants. I was part of a study group given a quick and inspirational tour of the tallest of these towers, and from near the top, I could see some of Milan's new protected cycleways. I also spotted a Dutch-style roundabout and a Cyclops-style staggered road junction on a busy arterial. Later, I interviewed Coima Sustainability Officer Stefano Corbella at this junction, and then we walked through an urban park built over another arterial and chatted about the changing face of Milan and how private developers work with cities on increasing the number of active travel journeys. Stefano? Yeah. Where are, where are we in Milan right now, overlooking this road? What is this road? This is uh, Via Melchiorre Gioia. Uh, it's one of the main uh, uh, streets that connect uh, the outskirts of northern Milan to the, to the city centre, going towards uh, the Brera uh, neighbourhood, one of the you know, most historic and nice uh, uh, neighbourhoods in, in Milan. So we're on a pedestrian bridge over the road, yeah. flanked by each side by bike paths. How, how new are those bike paths here? Yeah, those bike lanes we developed as part of the Porto Nuova development. Um, uh, there was nothing at all before we started working on, uh, on the project uh, and we added approximately uh, four kilometers of uh, uh, cycling path uh, integrated with uh, uh, later other uh, development that the uh, city of Milan has, uh, has done. So this road was wider? Yeah. So there was more lanes for cars, yeah. and you've taken what, one lane away. Yeah, we to give we, the cyclists and the pedestrians. Exactly, exactly. And uh, uh, this was part of the bigger master plan that connected uh, four neighborhoods around, because the the, the Porta Nuova project stands for about uh, one kilometers in length, uh, and for a total of 190,000 square meter of total master plan, which include the park and so on. So. 
the, it was important for us uh, to create uh, um, a connection for pedestrian cycling uh, separated by, uh, by design with, uh, from uh, the vehicular, uh, vehicular roads. So we're now just walking past where you work, yeah. so that's for Coma. So you're the sustainability officer Yes, I Coma, am. founded in 1974, yeah. uh, which is the developer of a number of, of, of plots in projects in, in Milan. But we are now walking through uh, into the park. So what's this park? Uh, this is BAM, Biblioteca Alberi Milano. Uh, is a park that we developed uh, on uh, behalf of the city of Milan and then now we manage uh, through an agreement with the city and we take care about security, uh, maintenance, uh, but also, and most important, uh, uh, cultural activity and uh, cultural activation in, uh, in our uh, neighborhood. And we are higher than road level here. Exactly. So this is on stilts, this is you, 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 this has been built up above, yeah. there was a road, or there is still a road, yeah. underneath. Yeah. underneath. So we're basically on top of the road. Yeah, exactly. One of the key issues of this master plan and the challenge that we faced when we started the design was the fact that the Melchiorre Gioia and Via Liberazione was, were uh, cutting in four corners. It was two, two streets just cut the the entire site uh, in the middle. So in order to make uh, the uh, public spaces more uh, appealing, uh, more quality, to give quality spaces, we lift uh, everything up about six meters. And we work uh, with the landscape to gently um, make the landscape not even perceiving these six meter differences between uh, Isola neighborhood that is down there with the Bosco Verticale and the Piazza Gaiolinti that is here where we are working at the moment. So describe, because this is the famous one that many people will have seen photographs of, I'm sure. What we can see now, the, the, as you said, the Bosco Verticale. So yeah. what, what, is, what is this? It's, uh, Bosco Verticale is a, a residential uh, development. Uh, there are two towers uh, which we design uh, with, uh, the, I think, the smart idea and uh, interesting idea to implement uh, trees, but uh, I mean real trees. We have trees about four meter high, five meter high, uh, in the balcony of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the properties, and is full of green area. So it's, uh, uh, just to give you a number, uh, we have, uh, if we sum up the amount of green spaces that we have on the balconies, is 2.7 times the building footprint. So when, you know, that was, uh, uh, I think, uh, a very revolutionary uh, uh, design because it was nothing new in some ways because there are plenty of green spaces on balcony but the scale that we put into this uh, project and the size of the trees that was the you know the the, the things that was pretty new so it was it 2015 when it was finished yes pretty much and then well now what so we won't any on the table we won't be hearing the car noise anymore because it's it's as you say, six meters uh, below us. Yeah. So we've come into a, a very modern, um, deluxe office complex. There's a park over that way. Yeah. But this is still a, a very vibrant space. What it, this is at yes. six, six p.m. at, at, uh, at night. It's a freezing. <laughs> at night. Um, but tell me what this was before. 
before, before the, obviously the road hit, was yeah. here, but yeah. what is this whole area, what was yeah. it? The Portanova was a former railway yard. Uh, it was used uh, in the beginning of the 19th century. Uh, then uh, uh, the train line was pushed back a little bit, uh, and but the area uh, was left uh, there for decades, you know, with the abandoned uh, uh, railway, with the, you know nothing there, uh, only you know ground polluted by you know the the, the, the things that happen in a in a, in a railway. And, um, and the municipality of uh, Milan and other developers tried to develop the area for decades uh, until uh, back in 2004-2005 Coima with the joint venture of investor uh, started the development of Porta Nuova and uh, with, the, with the entire site uh, in one go. You know? And that was uh, pretty amazing because finally the project succeeded. Uh, we have been lucky that uh, the different uh, mayor of Milan uh, uh, that uh, uh, passed through the time that we built everything um, promoted the site, promoted the, the development, so we have been able to complete the project in a fairly good time and uh, at the end we completed. So your colleague uh, Kelly, in one of her talks the other day, was talking about how when uh, Isola when yeah. that was like reconnected, yeah. So you could you could then walk across, you know, from yeah. In effect, the park to go across. You no longer had to go across the railway line or the busy road. That was a very joyous. Absolutely, thing. Isola in Ita- in in is uh, the Italian word, and in English is Highland, and Highland because it was uh, surrounded by the former railway yard, and uh, in order to get there from the city centre was a kind of a. A journey because you have to go through you know, uh, the railway, you have to pass through a, um, a tunnel uh, within the train, so it was not, a, was, was not an easy travel. Despite the distance uh, uh, from uh, Isola and the Brera, it's a few hundred meters, but was completely blocked by the former railway yard. So when we open up the Piazza Gaiolenti, and we have been able to connect uh, through uh, that uh, passage uh, was uh, was a kind of uh, uh, joy moment for the uh, resident of Isola. And the bike infrastructure, <coughs> the bike paths that are there now, were they planned originally, or was this a, a later addition? No, no, it was all planned. It was all planned. All the pathway, the design of the uh, landscape uh, was uh, planned since the beginning. Uh, we build up in uh, in phases, uh, but that was a part of the planned uh, works. Uh, actually, after the project, the city of Milan also uh, increased the connection uh, uh, further because they uh, they find out that that was uh, a good uh, connection uh, through Isola and uh, the city centre. So, and do you monitor as a developer? Do you monitor how many people are arriving by car? How many people are arriving by metro? Because we are surrounded yeah. by. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. transport here also, yeah, yeah. Um, and how many people buy bicycle and how yeah. many buy foot? Yeah, we 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 have a close monitoring of the pedestrian uh, footfall, uh, which uh, uh, has now reached uh, more than 10 million people here in in, in the Piazza Gaiolenti. We are working to increase that footfall to uh, 15 millions in the next few years by you know uh, addressing uh, the cultural events here. The a uh, leisure uh, uh, project that we would have in uh, Porta Nuova 
and uh, yeah that is uh, for us obviously is a key because uh, the more uh, people uh, enjoy to live uh, Porta Nuova and the better it is because make the site more attractive and more livable and so on. Now Kaila is also involved in uh, Porto Ramona. Ramona? Yes. Ramona. Ramona. Uh, Ram Ramona. Ramona. Porta Romana, Porta Romana. Okay. <laughs> At least one of those is correct. Um, uh, which is going to be the, the site of, uh, in the two, uh, 2026, the, yeah. the Winter Olympic uh, Village. Yeah. Uh, that has, obviously, the, the, yeah. the, the student accommodation on top. Yeah. Yep. That's, 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 that's kind of your part of the, exactly. the development. But underneath, there's an awful lot of car parking space. Yeah. Which in today's presentation was was very much, you know, this is a very boring bit, so we're not going to talk about this very much, we're going to talk about the surface stuff. Mm -hmm. But then there's an awful lot yeah. of, of space underneath, yeah. I think it was at half, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is car parking Exactly. Space. So is that, and I kind of know, sort of know the answer to this, but is that the municipality having a parking code yeah. saying, if you have a development, you need no. X number of car yeah. parking spaces? Yeah, there is a national law uh, which obliges uh, new developments uh, with certain and uh, uh, with a certain typology of uh, building use to provide for parking space, and that is a mandatory requirement. So there is no way uh, you can uh, avoid that. There are only few places where you cannot apply that law, and is in within historic center like uh, Rome, because obviously. There's no physical space to create uh, or, uh, you know, technical uh, difficulties to create any basement in such uh, uh, historic centers. But uh, for other, for other um, part of, uh, or typically, all the development has to provide that amount of uh, capag, even though in some cases we, as a developer, we know that we will probably not need such amount of parking. This is student housing. Exactly. You're building, and that students famously probably do not have their own exactly. car, so you, you will not need that no. space. What we have done, what we are doing, is that the first level of parking we design and we will build with a, a slightly higher floor to ceiling high, uh, with, uh, in order to build up some flexibility to repurpose that area in the future if we will be able to uh, change the use of that. So do you think it will be used as parking during the Olympics, for the, the month that you have it, yeah. but then maybe afterwards is you yeah. can so no, no. the government and say, look, for, we can't do this. So far, with this law, that is going to be a car park. There's no way we can uh, change. One day, if this law will be you know, uh, no longer applicable, and because the car parking we expect that will be used less and less, especially in well-connected cities, we will have a lot of space that is unfit, no? And so the idea is let's build a floor that would be able to accommodate other functions so to use the space. Otherwise, we will have an empty space for nothing. Yes. So many cities, around, many countries around the world are removing those or trying to remove those yes, parking minimums. Yes, I know. Because this, this France, is, uh, London, uh, if yeah. you are closer to a public transportation, you have a derogation on that. Uh, do, so, do politicians in Italy recognise that A, other countries are removing the parking minimums, B, 
no matter what other countries are doing, we should remove parking minimums because from a sustainability yeah. uh, point of view, parking minimums yeah. are kind of crazy. Yeah, I, now, I don't know. No, uh, say, say we, now. I certainly hope that we, this will be uh, taken into consideration by future legislation because I think in some places make totally sense not to push for uh, that uh, amount of uh, car parking because uh, sometimes uh, we believe it's not needed. Uh, so it's a waste of money, it's uh, uh, an impact on, uh, on uh, the environment because you build more space for, for things. But we will see. Uh, hopefully that will at some point will be taken into consideration. And, and going back to this development here, Again, something that uh, I think it was uh, Kelly who mentioned this was that in the in the original master plan, the there was much more of the roads that are that, that are around here were much made were supposed to be much narrower. Yeah, uh, cobbles maybe, uh, and it was the municipality who said no, leave it as a yeah as yeah, a, yeah a major yeah, yeah. highway. Yeah. So, do developers? such as yourselves, mm -hmm. try and do things and municipalities, for whatever reasons, yeah. push back. So are, yeah. are, are developers actually further ahead yeah. of what well, we need in this, in this well, world? Well, sometimes yes, but is, as, uh, as you know, it's, uh, it's a negotiation. You know, we may not see something that the municipality see or they have in the plan. Uh, what we are, can do uh, is to try to demonstrate our, uh, you know, thesis with calculation. We have, uh, and we always have uh, um, uh, traffic consultants uh, that support us in verifying because obviously we want that uh, uh, all the all the things works. You know, uh, we don't want a necessarily narrow street uh, because they look pretty. We want the street that works for the purpose of uh, the the function that have to do. No, so we have a transport consultant, and uh, if we believe that uh, uh, an, a street could be smaller, it's because uh, there's a, a um, there's a calculation that demonstrate uh, a simulation that demonstrate that. But you know, it's a negotiation with the municipality, and sometimes uh, we win the uh, the discussion. Sometimes we lose the discussion. At the end of the day, I think uh, the project is uh, is uh, is uh, is beautiful. It's a nice place. Uh, people love it. Uh, so, and are the roads that are out basically are outside of your your development? Yeah. So the exterior ones. I mean, yeah. obviously the one that's come through here, you're yeah. above it. Yeah. You're not you're not interacting with it below, but the ones outside. Yeah. So that's the municipality who have put. Um, the bike paths in, or is that no, you no. Put the bike paths uh, well, in? No, no. As part of the in in, uh, in for this project because it uh, uh, was so big, and in general for big urban regeneration project, uh, um, uh, there's a, a urban uh, uh, agreement uh, between the developer and the uh, public authority, and uh, typically happens that the developer uh, has to pay uh, taxes for the building that they built and for the urbanization. And there's two ways, you can pay by cash to the municipality or you can give back in equal value infrastructural works. 
So we, uh, take, we, we have been taking care about the design of everything, including the public spaces, uh, all the infrastructure, and we built on behalf of the city. And then, uh, once we completed, uh, the ownership um, was uh, given back to the city. So we did everything and we gave back to the city. Because outside, when we were, when we were very high up and we were looking down at everything, uh, you had some... From, from, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bike geek, yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of know the infrastructure that's been built here. But there's like a roundabout yeah. with, it's like, it's, it's a Dutch-style roundabout. So yeah. the priority to the cyclists go around the outside. And then at the junction where we started mm-hmm. in the UK, that's, that's called a Cyclops yeah. junction, where the red... Yeah. For the pedestrians and the cyclists, is gets you know cyclists and pedestrians yeah. across these major, major junctions. So were they? Uh, you might have built them. But yeah. Did the municipality provide the designs for them? No, we did also the design, and we had to uh, you know uh, get the approval from the municipality. You know, everything has been designed and built by us. There are certain rules that we have to follow. There's um, uh, design guidelines uh, specifically uh, provided by the municipality, so we had to follow those uh, guidelines. Once we completed the uh, design, we gave back to the municipality for approval. We had to provide the bill of quantity and the cost because obviously you have to match the equivalent of the taxes that you have to pay, so, and that has to be uh, checked by a third party. And uh, in order to match uh, the equivalent amount of money that you have to give back through taxes. But uh, the design is, uh, is uh, all by us, approved by the municipality. At this point, let's take a quick commercial interlude with my colleague David. Hello everyone, this is David from the Fredcast and of course the Spokesman. And I'm here once again to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn build bikes that make it easier for you to replace car trips with bike trips. Part of that is being committed to designing useful bikes that are also fun to ride. But an even greater priority for Turn is to make sure that your ride is safe and worry-free. And that's why Turn works with industry-leading third-party testing labs like EFBE and builds its bikes around Bosch e-bike systems, which are UL certified for both electric and fire safety. So before you even zip off on your turn, fully loaded and perhaps with a loved one behind, you can be sure that the bike has been tested to handle the extra stresses on the frame and the rigors of the road. For more information, visit www.turnbicycles.com to learn more. And now back to the spokesman. Thanks, David. And we're back with Coima Stefano Corbella as we continue our amble through BAM. Rather than looking at this this particular project where we are now, yeah. going just in, in general across maybe any number of projects that Coima is yeah. involved with now or going to be involved with, do you see the pedestrianisation that you have here yeah. and the bike paths, yeah. do you see that as something that that's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger in the future. Totally agree. In fact, in Porta Romana, we are actually doing the same, exactly the same things. Porta Romana has two lines of train cutting in the middle of the master plan. 
we are uh, rising the landscape to get across with the park, get across the uh, railway, and we are building up uh, like a bridge, the, um, the Foresta Suspesa, uh, the suspended forest in this case, <laughs> that cover with a pedestrian path uh, all the, uh, the two uh, train lines. So in the landscape would be way better, the uh, the train would pass without any any interruption, and uh, most important, pedestrian and cycling path will pass without uh, any trouble and problem, without crossing any cars and so on. In the London Olympics and many of the Olympics, I guess there were uh, the the roads because it, London's a very congested city. They had VIP Olympic yeah. lanes. So only Olympic officials and uh -huh. athletes could drive in these lanes. Yeah. Is that something that the yeah. man is Well, the, uh, the, I'm not sure. Uh, what I know is that within the Olympic uh, village, the, the, there, are, there will be uh, a protection around it and uh, certain part of the street will be restricted for security purposes. But I'm not, uh, I'm not aware about a street that has been given uh, the VIP path. That I, I don't know. Okay. And do you envisage um, athletes and people who are connected with the Olympics to use bikes to get around? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because... Uh, that isn't part of like, yeah. the sustainability yeah. plan of, no, yeah. we, we need X amount of people to be not in cars. Yeah, no, there is no requirement, although uh, all the, the, the Olympic Village and the, the, the building that we are built, building, uh, there, there is uh, quite a huge uh, cycling storage for the future student because the, we will build the Olympic Village, but then uh, the, the buildings will be converted straight afterwards into the student housing. And the idea is to make it very design and uh, the, properly the building in order to make this uh, uh, change very quickly because uh, the academic year starts in September. So we want to be sure that uh, we have the students that can use the buildings straight after the uh, further Olympic, uh, Olympic season. And every chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Yeah. So as a developer, you know, you may provide very, very good bike paths through yeah. the Olympic Village and through through here, etc. But then when people get outside mm -hmm. of the perimeter, they are then just at <laughs> the municipality yeah. is what they provide. Yeah. Do you lobby? Do you ask the municipality, look, if, if we're going to build all these fantastic bike lanes here, can yeah. you please make sure that this extends to the Duomo, extends to here, extends to the station? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Is that something that yeah, you Yeah, yeah. When we, when, as I mentioned, we have a, a traffic consultants in all projects. And obviously we, we, we check uh, the continuity of the bike uh, lane and, you know, not to build a bike lane that is 100 meter longer and then... Uh, start and stop in the middle of nothing no because uh, that would be uh, okay, would be okay but uh, a so waste of so money you're looking, you know. so, so I know this is a useful it's an island but yeah. so you're not looking <laughs> at a development as an island and you provide great stuff you know that for the plan for it to work yeah. it has to be yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. an area yeah. 
yeah. And to be honest, at the beginning, I remember that at the beginning of the project, uh, and uh, just right after the the, uh, the completion of Porta Nuova, uh, the city of Milan has increased a lot of the bike lane. So we completed and we had a certain amount of bike lane and then uh, they also increased uh, the, the, the provision in the entire city so I think uh, um, and uh, to tell you another thing is uh, the um, city of Milan has changed uh, their uh, uh, mindset in bike lane in green areas uh, and so on I remember 15 years ago 20 years ago the municipality or in general the city was skeptic about planting trees now the city of milan has a plan to uh, plant three million uh, trees no it's completely changed the mindset fortunately now i was um, in a brand new cafe that opened this afternoon uh, on uh, via tunisia mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. So that's a, a famous race in, mm -hmm. in, in Italy, and this is I think, the third cafe in the chain. Mm -hmm. And the manager who um, I was speaking to there had uh, had just been speaking to. In fact, they left as as I came in with the mayor mm -hmm. and ah. with uh, there's about five or six people from the from the municipality yeah. who were talking to the manager and, and and looking at this new cafe. Now the manager's said and i know politicians <laughs> will say anything but the, the mayor said that they are very serious mm -hmm. Milan is very serious about getting rid of cars yeah yeah, yeah. i know i know is is this something yeah. you've heard before is yeah, yeah. no 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 believe? I, is this something that I can think, be done uh, i think uh, i think it's the mindset is changing uh, and hopefully that will follow some action because uh, obviously um, it's a much more pleasant uh, uh, city uh, with less cars, way more pleasant. And uh, I think feasible though? Is it feasible? Because it's, it's a car saturated yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I believe in certain in certain areas with well connected uh, public transportation, uh, it, it could be feasible. Uh, but uh, you know, we will see how it will develop. Uh, certainly is an improvement of quality of the city that's so, uh, that's for sure so I, I should do my research here but how long has the mayor been the mayor for mm -hmm. how long has he got left and yeah. if, if, if a, a, a mayor went to the city resident and said I'm going to be taking lots of cars out of yeah. the city yeah. would that mayor vote <laughs> it in again well he's, he's just started his second mandate so he has uh, other almost four, 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 four full uh, years. It's just started the second mandate. So he has a long way. <laughs> would he be voted, and this is a hard question, but would he be voted in again if he had a plan to remove m many cars? Is that something that you think Milan well, people would be... I think Milan, Milan has uh, several uh, things. Uh, that would be one of uh, the many. Uh, I'm not sure that they will... Uh, they, this aspect would be key to... Uh, Being voted in again. Yeah, for voting again. I think there, there are many other reasons. Uh, I think he's done uh, a very good job. And, uh, you know, uh, there's four years to uh, in front of us, so... Well, it's a good sign that he's, he's going into a bike cafe. Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> that's definitely a good sign. Thanks to Stefano Coella there. And thanks to you for listening to episode 317 of the Spokesman podcast. 
Links to Coimas developments, including Bosco Vartikale, can be found on the show notes at the-spokesmen.com. The next episode will be on the role of data in getting more people on bikes. But meanwhile, have a Merry Christmas and here's to a green and happy new year. And as always, get out there and ride.